This is On The Radar with me, your host, Radar, coming at you with episode number 32. And like always, we'll talk about local and national sports and pop culture. With the coronavirus impacting the world and now the, and the riots in the streets over injustice from police officers, there hasn't been that much actual sports news. So let's get to the news. Walt Disney is going to reopen July 11th for the theme parks in Florida. That's, that is what they're going to do. Jason Terry, former NBA player and champion, has decided to become an assistant head coach from his alma mater, Arizona. And sad news due to the coronavirus, the Boston Marathon is canceled for the first time in over 100 years. The John Deere Golf Classic has also been canceled. The 2020 NBA Hall of Fame induction will move to next spring. And it will be separate from the 2021 class, unlike baseball, which announced that they're going to combine it. So Kobe and Eddie Sutton will still get in next year, just a different year. Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, etc., etc. Forbes came out with a 2020 list of highest-paid athletes. And for someone who likes the four main team sports, really not into individual sports as well, Roger Federer, he's number one in that list. Ronaldo, Messi, and Neymar, all three foreign soccer players, the next three on the list. And the only American athlete on an American you know, sports team you know, team sport is LeBron James. The Madden also agreed to an extension for six years, so don't worry, Madden games will be coming out. And the Bulls hired Adam Amin. He's a local guy. He worked. He did NFL games, NBA, baseball, college football, and basketball. He had worked for ESPN and recently signed a deal with Fox Sports. And I was under the impression when he, the WNBA Sky broadcaster, Someone who did Rams games and a couple other people who were filling in for Neil Funk this season because he decided to reduce his schedule and he's going to retire from doing play-by-play. That I was like, it would be nice if this nice local guy who came to my class and spoke who wants to do the big-time thing and doesn't want to do college or the occasional professional game, that he gets to live his dream. Be a play-by-play broadcaster for his hometown team. Like Jason Benetti of the White Sox recently these guys are getting a chance to live their dreams. Good for them. And in sad news, two NBA legends passed away this past week. First is Mo Baloney died unexpectedly like a heart attack. He's supposed to be coming to a golf tournament. That didn't happen. He died at 60. He won the championship in 83. The finals MVP, 12-time All-Star, three-time MVP, first-time, four-time first team, four-time second team, All-NBA defense, first and second. And he led the league in rebounding six times. His numbers retired at both the Rockets and Sixers. He played for the Hawks, the Bucks, the Spurs, and the Wizard Bullets, etc. He was one of the greatest rebounders of all time. He preceded Charles Barkley in Philadelphia. Those teams had like Mo Cheeks and Dr. J when they won those championships. So recipes to Mollis Malone. Wes Unsell, the greatest player in Washington Wizard Bullets history. He was a coach for them and a GM. He's out of 74 battling all these illnesses recently. He won Rookie of the Year, and he won MVP. The only other person to ever win Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same season in basketball history is Will Chamberlain. In baseball, it's Ichiro and Fred Lynn. But if it's only you and Will Chamberlain, that's amazing for a guy for Wes Unsell. He, you know, was an MVP once. He uh, was a five-time Alter, first team, all-rookie team, led the league in reboundings, and he wasn't that tall. Most big men are 6'10", 11. He was like 6'7", 6'8". And what's interesting about him is he was a general manager, a vice president, and a head coach for this team. So he basically spent 
majority of his life all around the Wizards, playing for them, coaching them, and making decisions for them. So the watch, the, the Washington, you know, Washington DC lost the legend right there. And now, in baseball, some news here: the Diamondbacks cut Edwin Jackson, Travis Snyder, Dalton Pompey, Aaron Blair, David Huff, amongst others. The Mariners released Manny Benuevos and Cargo, amongst others. The Rangers cut three thirty-seven players. The only ones that with major experience are Austin Beban Sachs, Taylor Youngman, and Eric Jenkins. The A's released, I mean the Angels, excuse me, released Luis Gora and and basically if the MLB season does start and they play 80, 100, 115, they get paid or not, they get two-thirds, one-third, whatever the case is, teams have been cutting minor leaguers galore. They limit, the draft used to be so many rounds and it's now going to be less than 10 rounds. And, and the reason why they probably did less than 10 rounds was because this upcoming year, if it's a shortened season, you don't really need all your levels. But also, they're just trying to make save money baseball, not have all these minor league teams to worry about and all these salaries to pay. That It's stupid that A, they're cutting out a bunch of minor league teams, and B, by cutting out a lot of minor teams, you don't need as many rounds in the draft. So a lot of players this year have been cut completely from the minor leagues or they're not being paid. Sean Doolittle pledged you play the Nationals minor leaguer. David Price said he didn't pitch the game for the Dodgers announced you to pay for the minor league deal. I think all 30 teams should pay for minor leaguer because they're not making that much. It's one thing to argue back and forth with the major leaguers, but the minor leaguers, they make up your system. This isn't like basketball where you got NCAA basketball and football's got NCAA and hockey. You could go to college and play in juniors. You don't have to necessarily go to the league right away. Baseball's only system really is the minor leagues. Because even when you get guys from college, they're still going to need some seasoning as well. So baseball should be more respectful to the minor leaguers because they need they need their workforce. They don't want to piss them off. And a lot of these are young players who come from impoverished country or impoverished states in this country. And whatever they make, they sometimes send back home to their family. That's the, that's the grind that they go. That's really what they should be paying them. And sad news, Hall of Fame running back Floyd Little was diagnosed with cancer. And the College Football Hall of Fame was damaged by protesters this weekend. And due to the, all the riots, Madden has postponed their NFL version game of 21. And in football news, the Panthers sized Eli Apple after the Raiders deal fell through. He, so he's staying in that division. And in, and in Japan, in their preseason, they started playing preseason. So the KBO's been going on ESPN. And Japan's playing preseason, but two players tested positive for Corona, and they'll just be isolated. Now, the NBA, the hope is that they'll be, they return the 31st. And with baseball, the latest proposal was 114 games, expanded playoffs for this year and next year, can defer salary, and options the players don't think they want to play due to health risks or not, they, they can opt out. But unfortunately, the owner said no. We don't want to pay you that much for a 14, you know, and the owners want to give them like 60, 70 games at most 50. 50, 60, 70 is way too low. Baseball should at least be a minimum of 100, okay? And basketball today, though, met with the Board of Governors, Adam Silver, and it broke the news, Wojnowski, Shams, all these people, that there'll be 22 teams instead of 16, and it's going to be out of mouth. There's going to be nine Eastern Conference teams and 13 Western teams because... The Trailblazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and Suns were really close to the eighth spot, and they're going to play eight regular season games for seeding, which again, stupid. Why have all these teams, if you're trying to limit the number of players, coaches, executives, training staff, 
all the people that you need to help run a basketball team for the day-to-day operations for actually playing the game. It's really stupid that you have all these teams. If for one year you did a 1 through 16 seeding and just say, eh, it doesn't matter about the regular season, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, which is a flawed system to begin with. It's another story for another time on how they can fix it and why it's stupid. But it's too many teams. 22 doesn't have any semblance. It doesn't make any sense. Hockey did 24 because they're not playing any regular season games. They're having playoff games right away. Basketball, obviously they're going to play in Orlando in one hub city and everybody's going to be there. But it's stupid. And of course, the East is going to be the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers, Nets, Magic. Because the Wizards are only a couple games back of the Magic. There's only one Eastern Conference team. And as I said, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks are the seven seeds. The eight seeds, the Grizzlies. So I said the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Suns, Spurs. The Suns stink. There's no purpose. The Kings are supposed to be good this year. They love expectations. The Pelicans had a lot of players injured, and the Spurs had a down year. And it's going to break their so-called streak of being making the playoffs and stuff, but it's fine. 16 teams don't make sense. There's no need to have 22. There's no historical reason. There's nothing. It's also, if you're supposed to have things balanced, you should have the same amount of teams. There shouldn't be 13-1 and one and 9 in the other. Each should have 11. That just makes absolutely no sense as well. Now, in pop culture news, there hasn't been that many shows due to the coronavirus. Shows ended on all the networks. Katie Keene, the one show on CW, hasn't been acknowledged if they're going to renew it. Fox is still working on a deal with Prodigal Son. No news there. And they haven't officially canceled out match, but they will probably. NBC is officially canceled, indebted, but they probably will. They haven't announced the, the cancellation or renewal of Perfect Harmony. I wouldn't be surprised either way. It's good enough to be renewed, but it's not the amazing that if it got canceled, I would be upset. They haven't made an announcement on cancel, uh, Council of Dads or Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist or Good Girls, but they're probably going to cancel Council of Dads. No word on For Life or Baker and the Beauty and... This week was a two-hour finale. I wasn't sure how many episodes they got in the first place. Or this is just, yep, you got this many. That's what you're going to get. And the only new show that is going to be on is ABC did its Genetic Detective. But that's part of the ABC News package. So it's a real-life documentary type of style thing. So that is nothing to watch into or get into unless you really want to know about finding about serial killers, things like that. And CBS has decided that, okay... If any one of our shows between Sunday and Friday night get halted and they're not able to film the season and get it in time for October, November when they'll aim for it, they're being selfish and they're holding on to blood and treasure. The archaeological, you know, historical, FBI, save the day type of show. It was the only good show from last summer that I predicted that would get renewed and it got renewed because it was the only good show. Instead of it debuting this May or in June, they decided they're going to hold it just in case. Which is a lot of bullcrap, because all that's playing right now on CBS is reality shows, competition shows, NBC's again, reality competition shows, until, you know, Council of Dads runs out of episodes for the first season, and when Blindspot's final season runs up, there's nothing else. ABC brought back all their fun and games, like Card Sharks, Pressure Luck, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire just came back, and they have Celebrity Family Feud, you name it. Any single game show that used to be on ABC, they brought it back. They, they bring it back. Any new type of game show that they can create, they brought that as well. CBS has Game On. That's their type of game show. Fox has a bunch of reality shows like Titan. I mean, like T- T- Ultimate Tag. And they have 
the Watch Show, which is Ultimate Tag. They got Labor Love. They got all these dumb dating reality stuff. ABC is wasting time with The Bachelor as well. NBC is the Titan Games. So that's what's basically on the air. Is Fox always does this. I'm surprised the CBS just say, hey, there's nothing going on. If we put on Blood and Treasure, we'll get all the ratings because everybody's going to go, ooh, new original content. Because CW's wasting time with a British and a Canadian show by streaming, by showing us, because they have the rights to their second or third season. So it's a waste of time there as well. The CBS would capitalize. ABC pushed back the, the comedy United We Fall. And NBC pushed back the Keenan show as well. Usually, NBC and ABC at least have one, maybe two shows. ABC had two last year. The show, along with CBS, because CBS has had a couple at a time before. And CW usually has one, because they let the In the Dark goes into the summer. Rosalind No Mexico is going into the summer as well. And the 100th final season is also going into the summer. The only show is on that's new is going to be DC Stargirl. Their third episode was on this week, and this week... Slash weekend. That's when I will watch the first three episodes and review it and write write my review on it, get it uploaded, and I will talk about it in next week's podcast. But outside of that, they're they're not doing anything. And in the cable world, what we do in the shadows is still on. Snowpiercer debuted. That I'll talk about when I get to that show. The fi- the final scene of Brockmire debuted this year. Better Call Soul Better finally came back. And Rick and Morty's second half. Of their season came back as well, and then there's been, and then everybody's waiting on Archer because Archer was on in this fall, in the winter, the late winter, the early spring, the late spring or the summer. How many episodes? But changing the whole premise because the name ISIS was the name of their company, and they did different things every year. And then the last three years has been a coma in Archer's mind. This season was supposed to be the season where Archer comes back and he's no longer in a coma, and I'm wondering what they're gonna do because it's one of those shows where like the, all the Seth MacFarlane animated shows, South Park, The Simpsons, Bob's Burger, where you could just start running out of ideas and you can don't know what to do. And this show, they're running out of ideas, but it's a quiet, high-quality, half-hour animated sitcom. So I'll take as much as I possibly can. But FXX slash FX has delayed it for now. They said it's probably going to debut later this year. There's no word if it's later this summer, if it's just beyond in September... Because shows like Better Things and When Atlanta was actually making episodes, they were on in the fall. They moved to spring. Better Call Saul is one of those AMC cable shows that has been on all over spring, summer, fall, winter, etc. And same thing with Rick and Morty. It's on whenever. Now, the shows that I have been watching are Martin Freeman from The Lord of the Rings. It's American-British comedy, and I don't know if it's just because I don't get British comedy, but the show was way too serious, way too dark, you know, way too depressing. Basically, it's about two parents who struggle with parenthood, and it's basically based on his own experience as a parent. So he created the show, and he stars in it, and it was it was announced recently he got renewed for second season, but I don't know how... You know, 10 episodes is not a big deal, but, you know, it was okay. It's not, like, the best show I've watched, but it was just something new to watch that, you know, FX doesn't put it on for, like, 30 minutes. One of those 30-minute shows that goes on for 10 for ten extra minutes, like 40 minutes maybe, and it was okay. The show that's, like, been addicting that I've tried to watch every couple of days so I don't run out of it is Jason Siegel's new show on AMC 
because unless you watch AMC on a regular basis for one of the Walking Dead show or Better Call Saul, you're not going to see trailer for a new show, really with cable, unless you're watching that channel all the time, like, how are you supposed to know what's on the network? It's one thing if you watch CBS, NBC, and Fox, and you're watching football, you're going to see ads. If you watch NBC for hockey, you'll see ads. If you watch ABC for basketball and Fox for baseball, too, you're going to see all of those ads. Now, the show is an analog series where Jason Siegel created and, created and he started it. It runs four ordinary people, he who plays Peter, a woman named Simone, Janice, and Fredwin. They're brought together by chance after all they respond to a flyer. Feeling that something is missing in their life, the characters are drawn into a game that unfolds in a serpentine event, series of events. Taken from parades to Cheryl Meaner, and they have to piece these together the puzzles to find a path, and they come together to solve these mysteries, look for this missing girl. Are you on the good side? Are you on the bad side? It's supposed to be a 10-episode series, so I don't know if it's going to be renewed, but it stars Jason Segel, as I said, Andre Benjamin, known as an Andre 3000, the rapper, who's got into acting and voice acting, and Sally Fields, who plays the older lady, who everybody knows from Gidget and the Flying Nun, and Forrest Cup and all these other movies, and... Eve Lindley, who has been in a couple of movies before. And it's got other people in the show as well. So it's really interesting. They go solve different things every episode. They have partners, but then they're working as a group. Out of 2,000 characters, thinks everything's a conspiracy. Sally Fields' character needs something to do, so she was looking for the bright side of things. Jason Segel lives a, lives a boring life where he works for the company, does the same thing every day, every week. It's just the same life over and over. And Simone, played by Eve Lindley, she, is, she never really gets a chance to be who she is. She works at an art museum. You know, Andre 3000's character has all this money and all these things in his life, but he's something's missing, and they working together, all these clues, it makes them go close together. They ship Jason Segel and Eve Lindley together. And make them partners while the older lady is working with the with Andre, with Andre 3000. So it's a little bit interesting as well. And it's supposed to take place like in Philadelphia as well. Suppose the series is based on a 13, 2013 documentary, the film The Institute, which was set in, you know, in, in years ago, an alternate reality thing. Now, I haven't seen the end of the show... But they, what they're saying is the idea is each season is standalone, and without giving too much weight, each season would be a specific thing. So, for those interested, maybe it's another season. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's a type of show where, man, it's addicting. If you're one of those streaming people, you probably just keep watching it over, just watch it as quick as possible to get through everything. But yeah, those are the two shows that I've been watching that are on the air. Now, as a white man, I can't really comment on racial tensions, but police brutality against any race is horrible. People In this day and age, we're all been cooped up with the coronavirus. You know, we gotta, we gotta breathe. We gotta calm down a bit. Protesting's fine. I don't condone rioting because these people who own businesses, they weren't open for months with the coronavirus and now they're open back up. And they now have to have deal with the fact that there's no they got to pay for all the damage to their buildings. That is just crazy. Now, in sports world, I just really hope 
that the owners stop being greedy in baseball and the players stop being greedy and they find a middle point of we won't do 50-60, but we won't do 114. 85-90 game. Figure out how you're going to do it because the world has been going through a lot with the coronavirus and now with the riots around the country and continuing police brutality that having baseball just turn on your TV, turn on your radio, streaming it on your mobile device or tap our tablet or computer, everybody escape. Not everybody watches baseball, not everybody watches hockey. But we kind of need it because if the major four broadcast networks that do summer shows are holding on to a show, there's only one on the air, the other ones are letting their shows finish out their final seasons or their first season, and it's just a bunch of reality competition shows, that's where the summer should be. If I had no problem if the network showed only reality shows, only competition reality shows, etc., etc., but they also do it during the year because that's how ABC makes money with the Dancing with the Stars, American Idol, Bachelorette, and NBC does it so you think you can dance. America's Got Talent and The Voice. And CBS got their stupid celebrity brother, regular big brother, Amazing Race, and Survivor on as well. Yeah, so it's a perfect time this summer for basketball playoffs, hockey playoffs, the start of the MLS season for people like soccer, the start of the WNBA season, and the start of the baseball season for us to have something to do, have options. Because if NASCAR, boxing slash UFC, Golf can start doing things, and I think the other sports should be able to do it as well because, face it, concerts are canceled as well. So concerts are canceled. I don't know if national parks, all the water parks that they're going to be open because that's just a cesspool of germs. And if there's obviously no attending live sporting events, the ability to watch it on TV will be great. Because people also gamble on sports. They'll have fantasy sports as well. So it's all, you know, things we need as well. Now, hopefully, as the libraries open up and they do curbside pickup, All Time Low's new album, Eminem's new album, and The Weeknd's album, I'll be able to fully emerge myself in and write reviews on it. And hopefully, then I can upload those as well. Because as I said... I basically stuck with one television show to review because ABC can only come out with an ABC News series and NBC and CBS and ABC just continue to do competition reality shows. CW is nice enough they got at least one show with Stargirl and that's something I'll review over this end of this week, over this weekend and put it up, up online and then talk about it on next week's podcast as well. Also... I'm hoping to, by next week, watch the final three episodes of the SNL, and those are the SNLs from home, and talk about how they pulled it off and if it was successful or not, because especially weekend updates, if you have just a Zoom conference between the two characters and potentially a third person as a correspondent, but we really don't need a correspondent, just tell your jokes, and the host could just do a monologue, the, the musical act could do music, it's more about when you have to incorporate multiple characters from the cast and the host into the scene. That's what it really is. And Legends of Tomorrow season finales this week. Was this week. Next week I'll tell you about how that went as well. And also if I think that how Baedeker and the Beauty ended, if it ended good enough or not, because For Life ended well enough that it got canceled. It's not a big deal. It's like when Tommy got canceled it ended perfectly well. So, 
that's what you'll, you'll see next week. Stargirl, SNL from Home, Baker and the Beauty Legend tomorrow we'll talk about as well. And I will also probably start getting into watching Snowpiercer as well. Start watching Better Call Soul and Brockmire, which you guys should check out. It's an AMC. It's about a drunken, disgraced broadcaster who works his way through the independence, the minor league spring training, and major league. J.K. Simmons is on it. Joe Buck is on it. A lot of other famous broadcasters like Bob Costas are on there. George Brett, the former baseball hall player, Hall of Famer, he's on there. And then also, as always, my articles that are long form, like my television show reviews, my music reviews, and my previews of sports to season, and this Ultimate Baseball Project, it's all on blogger at redder4428.com. And I have recently just finished all 30 teams. The last couple of teams were the Washington Senators, Minnesota Twins, and the Detroit Tigers and the Cleveland Indians. And the final team I did was the local team, the Chicago White Sox. Everything is up there, all 30 teams, starting off in December. So it took me six months to do it. But all six, all 30 Major League Baseball teams are up there for you to look at. Most likely, I'm going to figure out when and if I'm going to, how I'm going to do basketball. Because technically, NBA rosters have 15 players. 12 to 13 players can suit up. So do I need to do all 15, or can I come up with just 12, you know? Coaching staffs will just be the best coach. The second best coach will be the lead assistant. And then I don't know if a roster has four or five coaches, but that will be the determining factor. Because just briefly, a lot of teams are simple. Like the Bulls, it's Michael Jordan, obviously Scottie Pippen. Harder teams will be like the Lakers, the Celtics, the Knicks, the Sixers. They've been around for a very long time, so they'll be a lot more difficult. There won't be an OK City team. It's just going to be Seattle Supersonics. And it's going to be the original Charlotte Hornets who became the Pelicans. I'm not going to waste my time with the Bobcats who became the Pelicans because there was no need for them to have another team. It's just too many teams. And... Wizards will be called the Wizards Bullets as well. And you go far back is what the Clippers used to be. And that the uh, Timberwolves, there's enough years for you to do a Timberwolves team. There's enough years to do some of the other expansion NBA teams as well. Like the Grizzlies have been around wrong enough. But if, they haven't, if they've only been around since the 90s, it'll be the same thing as the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Marlins, and the Devil Rays that... It, you can use active players if you really, really need to. But for example, LeBron James, he's not making Miami, L.A., or Cleveland. He's still active. Those are three teams that have been around long enough, so he's not going to be on the team. Simply like Chris Paul. He's not going to be on the, the Hornets, Pelicans, because they've been around long enough. But Chris Bosh, who's retired officially, well, not officially, he, he'd be on the Raptors team and Wade would be on the... The Heat team, but active players, no. I don't care how good you are, you're not making the team. Now, and as I said, if it depends on the year. Now, I'm not going to do football because football has about 40 to 50-something players on the roster and it keeps getting bigger and bigger every year with special teams and injuries and player safety that there'll be way too many guys to do. And it's really hard to tell unless you have the advanced metrics and read those numbers Who's the best offensive lineman? Who's the best 
defensive linemen, who are the best special teams players. It's way too much. Another venture may be doing hockey, because hockey also, like baseball, like basketball, doesn't have that many players on a roster as well. And as always, you can always follow me on Twitter. People always make fun of me saying I'm great for my retweets. I sometimes tweet about television shows I watch. And I'm going to this week finish The Masked Singer. And if the person that I think should win The Masked Singer this year, which is the guy in the turtle outfit, which I think is Jesse McCartney, spoiler. If you spoiled and haven't watched it, that's just my guess. He doesn't win and it goes to a person rapping who I think could be Little Bow Wow or Little Romeo, Montel Jordan. People said Alfonso Riviero or a couple other people I'd never heard of, like Omarion. Like a guy who raps not every single performance except for one time should not win The Masked Singer. The Masked Singer is a show about singing. If you had famous people like Patti LaBelle, Gladys Knight, Dionne Warwick, you had Seal, you had Wayne Brady last year, you had Brett Michaels this year. You've had some really famous, talented singers. Young guys like Hunter Hayes was on. They've had Joey Fatone. They had Adrian Bailon from The Cheetah Girl in the years past. They've had some really talented actual people who sing for a profession. And then there's the people who I didn't know that that person can sing. And that's the whole point. That if a rapper wins it, it's completely the point. The reason why Rob Gronkowski, spoiler, was rapping was because he did We Will Rock You and I'm Too Sexy. But of course, those are not hard songs to sing and they're really not the most amazing songs in the world to sing that when I watch the final episode this week and I'll talk about it next week I either be very happy that the turtle won or okay that the dark angel won or I'll be mad as well and on YouTube I have been doing music I mean excuse me doing movie observations and reviews without the baseball and I will try to do as many to do those every single week over the next three months until in the next couple of months till baseball starts I'll probably continue to still do them, so it's fresh content. To so subscribe to me on YouTube at on the radar as well, and as always, like me or follow me on Facebook on the radar entertainment blog, where every single thing will be shared and you can see all the stuff. And as always, I'm on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere you can get your podcasts. And go to, if you want to help with the cost of research, production, everything, you could donate to Anchor. There's an option to do on anchor.com for my podcast as well. Thanks for listening to episode number 32 of On The Radar podcast. See you guys next time. Thank you.